You are listening to the Daily Roundup. Here is part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got a great Wednesday show for you. The major twist that came yesterday in the TJ Holmes, Amy Robach story. This is so awesome. We are going to talk about the Dance with the Stars finale last night, an issue that I've had with it for, oh, I don't know, 32 seasons. It reared its ugly self again last night. Probably the most egregious that they've had in 32 seasons. I'll explain to you what I think that is. We're going to talk about Bachelor in Paradise as the three-hour finale is tomorrow night. And we're also going to talk about People Magazine named their most intriguing person of the year. You'll never guess who it was. If I'm talking about it on the Daily Roundup, it must have been Taylor Swift. And not only that, she's a finalist among nine candidates for Time Person of the Year. We'll discuss that. It's all that momentarily. We got to start off talking about what went down yesterday in the TJ Holmes, Amy Robach story. Because... <laughs> I just absolutely love it, and for a couple of different reasons. So for those who are unfamiliar with this story and you haven't been listening, when I talked about this, it seemingly was daily starting last November 2022 because that's when pictures started to get out of GMA3 or whatever show they hosted in the morning on GMA. Um. TJ Holmes and Amy Roback were the co-hosts of that show. They were seen canoodling, clearly on vacation together, and this was like last November. Paparazzi caught them together. Clearly they were uh, a couple. This wasn't like doing business. At the time, neither TJ or Amy who were both married, at least to people who knew that they were married, had had never posted anything in regards to their spouses that, oh, that there was a breakup or, oh, we were going through divorce proceedings. When we first saw those pictures, we figured TJ and Amy were caught cheating on their spouses. So for the longest time, they never said a word, just kept quiet Continued their relationship. We saw numerous pictures of them hanging out. They, I think they ran a marathon together. They were seen in L.A. on the Santa Monica Pier, holding hands, hugging, kissing, yet never releasing any sort of statement of what's going on. We just hear that both, fiance, or both spouses of the two of them, TJ's ex-wife, Marilee, and Amy's ex-husband, Andrew Shue, caught off guard about all this, and nobody really said anything. Nobody gave a statement of what exactly was going on. Well, a few weeks ago, we found out that Amy and TJ were starting a podcast, which, of course, they were. Everybody has a podcast. And that podcast was going to start on December 5th. Well, they released their first episode yesterday. I did not listen to it. I read enough recaps to know the gist of what they said. And... They laid it out there and said, look, when those pictures came out last November, everybody in America thought we had just been outed as adulterers. But what nobody knew was both of us had already been in divorce proceedings with our significant others. That's their story. Well, it comes out yesterday from the New York Post, page six, that (laughs) 
Andrew Shue, Amy Robach's husband, and Marilee Feibig, TJ Holmes' ex-wife, are now dating because they had this, I don't think it's called trauma bonding, but obviously they had a lot to talk about when their significant others at the time were seen together. They clearly probably got in touch, compared timelines, all this stuff. Well, apparently they've fallen for each other and now they are dating, which is so awesome. And there isn't a couple I'm rooting for more than those two because now it just becomes who outlasts who. Like which couple actually is legit and which couple is going to make it between those two. It's almost like a competition. How can it not be? However, here's the best part to me of that announcement. I love the fact that that announcement was made by page six on the day that TJ and Amy launched their podcast. And don't think that was coincidental. It's clearly somebody knew and made sure that the day Amy and TJ had their first podcast where everyone could go and listen to quote unquote their story. Oh, it just so happens that an even bigger story in my eyes, other than a podcast launching is the fact that Andrew and Maribel or Maribel, sorry, um, Marilee are now dating. And somebody in their PR camp was the one who clearly controlled that and leaked it to page six. And maybe page six has had it for a few days. Maybe they've had it for a week. Maybe they've had it for a month. But we all know the fact that it came out yesterday to basically undercut Amy and TJ's podcast launch. I think that answers right there that Amy and TJ might be fibbing a little bit in terms of. Oh, no, we were going through divorce proceedings. Everybody saw that picture, but we knew we were together and we had been separated from our significant others. I mean, look, that's their story. I don't know enough about it to say whether they are wrong or they're right. However, there are only two people who could vouch for Amy and TJ's story, and that's Andrew and Marilee. And they've never said a word up to this point. Now that Amy and TJ have a podcast, I'm very curious if Andrew Shue and Marilee Feibig when they come out and say something, if they even do, address what Amy and TJ said. Because Amy and TJ are basically downplaying, look, there was no scandal here. Nobody knew because we didn't talk about it, but we had been moved on from our significant others. And Andrew had moved out three months ago and all this stuff to making it seem like, no, we, well, first off, the other thing they admitted in their podcast was we never had any sort of affair which goes against a lot of stories because once this became public, you started hearing rumblings from people on GMA that like, yeah, when Amy and TJ were on the road covering stories, people in the industry knew that they were hooking up when they both had, uh, then they were both married. So they said no affair ever happened. So I guess they're claiming that the only time they've ever been together was when divorce proceedings had started with Andrew and Marilee. I don't know if that's true. I have a feeling that a lot of people probably aren't buying that. The way the page six story was written, it certainly doesn't look like they're buying it. And the fact, like I said, that the page six story came out on the day that Amy and TJ launched their podcast means that Andrew and Marilee wanted this out there yesterday. And they wouldn't have had any sort of let's get this out there yesterday to just kind of undercut their podcast launch if everything was hunky-dory and everything was great between the four of them, 
That's why I don't necessarily believe Amy and TJ when they say, oh, no, we had started divorce proceedings. Both of us were uh, had moved on. And it's just like, okay. I won't believe that until I hear Andrew Shue and Marilee Feibig come out and say, oh, no, no, we were totally cool with Amy and TJ seeing each other and going off and having private rendezvous in log cabins and getting caught by the paparazzi because, yeah, we were we were totally moved on. Everybody's moved on by then. I find that hard to believe, but I won't know for sure until Andrew and Marilee say something, if they even do. But yeah, <laughs> that coming out yesterday on the day of the podcast launch, that wasn't coincidental. I think I think you can understand that, right? We're very well aware. Now, the things that I'm reading from Amy and TJ's first podcast, and I don't plan on listening to it, but I know that anytime they say something that's the wee bit interesting or controversial, People, EW, Us Magazine, they're all going to cover it. So that's what I did. I just read a lot of the articles that said what Amy said. And yeah, they had some really hard times going through everything because she has been through cancer and she even said there were times during this whole ordeal that she wanted to die. And there were days that she wanted to die. She said that. Just didn't want to get up. Didn't want to see what the new headline was going to be out there about me. Totally understand it. However, one thing that I didn't read, and maybe they said this on the podcast, and if they did, great. Someone needs to fill me in on it. But did they ever address the fact of why they haven't said a word in 13 months? They were caught last November at that cabin, and they've never publicly said anything. I know they were going through divorce proceedings and stuff like that, so maybe they couldn't. But I'm sure it was hard on both of them because everybody in America thought they were cheating on their spouses. And, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. And they never said a word. They never cleared it up. I remember everyone when, when I was talking about it every day on the Daily Roundup, I'm like, why aren't these two saying something? Why aren't they doing a sit-down interview on 60 Minutes or GMA in the morning or somebody do a sit-down with them so we can get some clarification here? Because we technically didn't know until yesterday that, oh, no, don't worry about it. We were throwing, going through divorce proceedings. Andrew, Andrew had moved out three months ago and... Marilee uh, and I were were definitely not together at the time that uh, Amy and I started hooking up. It's like, okay, but we'll take you 13 months to tell us that just because you had to launch a podcast. I think there's a lot more to this story that we don't know yet, but Andrew and Marilee have the answers because if they come out and say Amy and TJ are lying, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to side with Andrew and Marilee. So will they say anything? I guess time will tell. But this story, I don't think, is over. I think it's far from over because Amy and TJ have a podcast now. And who knows what they're going to say on a weekly basis. I'm assuming it's a weekly show. But, yeah, if they have say anything of, of interest going forward, obviously we'll be covering it right here on the Daily Roundup. All right, thanks uh, for... Green Chef for sponsoring this podcast. Green Chef makes it eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. It is the number one meal kit for eating clean with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Feel your best with nutritionist-approved recipes, including calorie-smart meals under 650 calories, protein-packed meals with 30-plus grams of protein on average per serving, science-backed Mediterranean recipes, and flavorful plant-rich vegan and vegetarian meals featuring certified organic whole fruits, vegetables, good-for-you grains, 
and plant-based proteins. I love the crispy southern chicken. You know that. I've talked about that for the longest time. And it's one of those dishes that I don't know if I would ever have made this. Yes, I do. No, I never would have made this in my regular life unless Green Chef sends it to me, has everything prepared, and has an easy-to-follow how to make this. Under 30 minutes, serves to 850 calories per serving. It's my favorite meal, the crispy southern chicken. Check it out. Now, we've had a different code over the months for this particular product from Green Chef. Now, I've got the best deal ever from them. Go to greenchef.com slash 60realitysteve. Use code 60realitysteve to get 60% off. We've had that before. But now, they are also going to give you 20% off your next two months. So go to greenchef.com slash 60realitysteve. Use code 60realitysteve to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. All right, let's talk about the Dancing with the Stars finale. As last night, we crown a new champion. Last season's champion, Charlie D'Amelio, was there to crown a new champion. The mirror ball has been renamed the Len Goodman Beer Ball Trophy, which absolutely it should have been. And unfortunately for Charity the Bachelorette, she finished fourth. It went Allison Hannigan fourth, Charity Allison Hannigan fifth, Charity fourth, Ariana Maddox third, Jason Mraz second, and Sochi Gomez is your winner. She is the 32nd receiver of the Mirrorball Trophy. First ever receiver, though, of the Len Goodman Mirrorball Trophy. Now, there's a couple things here that I wanted to go over and complaints about the finale. The first 30 minutes being a recap show, we don't need. Just cut that out. It's like, okay, you know, we get everybody live, sitting in the makeup chair, blah, blah, blah. Let's recap their journey. Do we really need that? I don't think so. The finales are pretty standard in that we always get one dance that they have to do from an earlier uh, episode, have to redo a dance that the judges choose for them, and then obviously the freestyle dance. And that took two and a half hours because the first half hour was dedicated to a recap. But we had five dancers in the finale this time. We've never had five in the finale. But for the 32nd season in a row, for whatever reason, and I know, and look, I'm not a television producer, I'm not a director, but I do understand live TV is very hard to do. And things can go wrong, things can run long, things can run short, you've got time, uh, extra time on the back end, you've got no time on the back end. Well, for this show, they've always done, obviously, a live show, and especially the finale is live. But for the love of Christ, 32 seasons in a row now, and this show just cannot time out their finale where we can get some sort of, can we talk to the winners can we talk to the winners when they're not sitting on someone's shoulders being lifted up after they won and a bunch of streamers coming down and everybody wants to talk to them? Can can we get something? I just don't I just don't understand. And last night was probably the worst ever because at 9:59 is when they started the countdown of is it going to be Jason or is it going to be Sochi? 9:59 Central Time, 10:59 Eastern Time. So you literally had one minute. It took about 15 to 20 seconds to announce the name, but I think this happened for the first time in 32 seasons. 
the credits started rolling before they even got to announcing the winner. So you knew, oh, shit, whoever wins is literally getting 30 seconds on the back end to talk about what this whole season, I mean, come on. And like I said, I get it, a three-hour show and it's live, anything runs over, you're screwed. Uh, There's just got to be a way to... I don't know, cut something out during if you're if you're 90 minutes through and you're like, oh, crap, we're already three minutes over, uh, you know, cut something short. I, I don't know what it is, but what I'm saying is Dancing with the Stars does this every season, every single season. When the when the winner is announced, all the confetti comes on and everybody's cheering them and puts them on their shoulders and then. Whoever the host is, whether it's Tom Bergeron or Aaron Andrews or Alfonso Ribeiro or Julianne Huff, trying to get an interview with somebody sitting on somebody's shoulders, everybody's screaming, it's chaos in the room, they're so happy, it's like, I don't know, (laughs) I just think we could do a better job of not having the fucking credits running before you even announce your winner. I was like, man, you talk about getting screwed. It's like Sochi was screaming. She was so happy. She was crying. And it's like, okay, got to sign off. Thanks, everybody, for this season. See you next year. See you next September. It just seems like I have no problem with the winning celebration. But can we get at least three to four minutes where, hey, let's talk to Jason. How do you feel? I know it sucks, but, you know, he's. we all know what the loser is going to say. The person who finishes in second place had a great time, loved my experience, loved my partner. Congratulations to the winner. They deserve it. They did a great job. I mean, it's not like we're going to get some hard-hitting interview with the team that loses, but it just seems so rushed, and they've literally done this for 32 seasons. I don't know how they can't correct this and just leave some more time on the back end. And just the way they did it yesterday, I understand you celebrated these five dancers for basically – I don't know, two hours and 56 minutes. But then you just, usually in the past, they would eliminate like um, one couple halfway through the episode, and then you're like down to three. It's like, okay. (laughs) We were at 9.56 is when they started. They put all five people up on stage. They had a video tribute from their friends and family for every single one of them, and then it's like, all right, in fifth place, Allison Hannigan. In fourth place, Charity Lawson. In third place, Ariana Maddox. Come on down, Sochi and Jason. We'll announce the winner right after this commercial break. It was just like so, so dismissive. And I understand they're all going to be doing, you know, you'll get people on podcasts. You'll hear them in interviews and um, a lot of things that are being done right. Um, They probably did interviews on the dance floor with a lot of the entertainment outlets. And you'll see all the clips and the written word of them and recaps of what they said. You'll get that all today. But. We just spent two and a half, three months watching the show every Tuesday night. And then just to diminish the ending with the credits running before you even announce your winner, it's just like this. It could have been handled better, yet they do this every season. I think this might have been the first one where the credits were actually running. But anybody that's watched the show with any consistency knows when they announce that winner, there's rarely any time on the back end on finale night to talk to them. And usually they're up on somebody's shoulders and you're not getting any sort of good interview anyway. So can we fix that for next year? That's all I ask. Tomorrow night is the three hour finale of bachelor in paradise. You know, I say this every season and I said it before this season and I'll say it before next season. 
every time the Bachelor or Bachelorette is, excuse me, the Bachelorette is airing because the Bachelorette airs right before Bachelor in Paradise. Every time the Bachelorette is airing, it, we get to a point during the Bachelorette season where it's just like, oh, I can't wait for Bachelor in Paradise to start. I can't wait to see this. And it's so much better because there's so many different varieties and maybe more couples can be formed. And this is just one person. And the Bachelor in Paradise starts and people are just like, oh, this sucks. When is it going to end? Oh, my God, they're focusing on this. Like it happens every season. I told you it was going to happen again this season. And here we are. Three-hour finale tomorrow night, and I haven't heard one person who's remotely excited because they felt like this season sucked. They felt like, why are we even invested in any of these people? Like, we're going to get two engagements tomorrow night from John Henry and Kat, who literally got together, what, three episodes ago? And there was a a bye week during <laughs> Thanksgiving week where they weren't even on the air. It's just like, how, how can you expect us to be invested in John Henry and Kat? Kat was, has become very unlikable to the audience all season long. Great, she got a man. She's going to get engaged. I, I don't know if that's going to flip the script on everybody loving her. And then Aaron and Eliza, yeah, at least they've been together a while, but I don't think anybody is just so excited for Aaron and Eliza. And I just... We're going to get three hours, you know, probably 30 to 45 minutes of it is going to be the whole Kenny and Mari wedding down there because you're going to have to sit everybody down and they're probably going to have a little cocktail party beforehand or maybe cocktail party afterwards after Kenny and Mari get married. So that's probably going to take up 30 to 45 minutes is my guess. But it happens every season. Every season during Bachelorette, I hear people saying they're so excited for Bachelor in Paradise. And then once Bachelor in Paradise rolls around, halfway through that season, people are complaining about, oh, my God, there's too many episodes. Oh, my gosh, this is too long. Oh, my gosh, who are these people? Why do we care about them? And I guarantee you right now, I'm telling you this on December 6th, next year, it's going to be the same exact thing. Next year, you're going to be saying, who are these people? Why do we care about Bachelor in Paradise? Although during the Bachelorette season airing, you're going to be so excited for it. It happens all the time. Every single year. And I haven't heard many people that are excited at all about tomorrow night. Just like because they don't feel like they're invested in anybody. There's not anybody on this season that they're really just fallen not in love with, but just like, wow, what a great story. And there have been ones in the past, but this season, I feel your pain. I just haven't connected to any of these people, really. And finally, did you see Taylor Swift won People Magazine's most influential person of the year? Should be no surprise to anybody. But the big one is Time Magazine's 2023 person of the year. It's going to be announced this morning. By the time you listen to this, you might it might have already gotten out. Or, or not gotten out, but it might have already been announced. So I can tell you, as you're listening to this, hopefully early-ish Wednesday morning, Taylor Swift is one of nine finalists on the shortlist. The nine finalists for the Time Person of the Year are Taylor Swift, Hollywood Strikers, Trump Prosecutors, Barbie, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, the Chinese President, Russian President Vladimir Putin, King Charles III, and Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell. Look, I don't claim to be some worldly guy that knows a lot about what the hell is going on in the world. I'll be the first to admit that. 
But when I look at those nine names, I think Taylor Swift should get every first place vote and nobody else should get one. <laughs> this is even is this, this is even a, a competition? Are you serious? She's going up against Barbie <laughs> and Trump prosecutors? <laughs> what? How does she not win this thing in a landslide? Vladimir Putin? What? I'm so confused. Don't we not like that guy? <laughs> Isn't he a guy that really doesn't do a lot of good things in Russia? I'm pretty pretty sure he's a bad guy. Like a really bad guy. The fuck is he up for time person of the year for? If anything, shouldn't that Zelensky guy from Ukraine be up, considering all he's done for his country? The, the Chinese president, OpenAI CEO, Sam Altman? Okay, the Federal Reserve Chairman? I'm sorry. And I look, I get it. It's Time Magazine. It's probably going to somebody in the, you know, Federal Reserve world or whatever. I'm sorry. You line Taylor Swift up against those other eight, and Taylor Swift blows doors on them. I hope she gets it. That would be so awesome. I, look. I don't know. I'd have to go down the list. I get a, you know what? Let me pull up the list real quick of the previous winners of the time person of the year. I mean, have they ever really had anybody in the pop culture world? I'm just looking at start. I'm going to start in 2000. Okay. George W. Bush, Rudy Giuliani in 01. Made sense. The whistleblowers in 02. Uh, Okay. Um, American Soldier in 03, George W. Bush in 04, he won it in 2000 and 2004. Good Samaritans uh, helped organize the Live 8 concerts in 2005. In 2006, you know who won the Time Person of the Year? We all did. Representing individual content creators on the World Wide Web. 07, Putin won. 08, Barack won. 09, Ben Bernanke won. Mark Zuckerberg, the protesters, Barack won again in 12. Pope Francis, the Ebola fighters, Angela Merkel, Trump won in 16. The silence breakers, the people who spoke out against sexual sexual abuse and harassment in 2017. Uh, The Guardians, Greta uh, Greta Thunberg, Biden won in 2020. Biden and Harris won in 2020. Elon Musk in 2021. Oh, Zelensky won last year. Oh, great. Okay. Zelensky won last year and the spirit of Ukraine won last year. Okay, I just read the last 22 winners, <laughs> and none of them were uh, pop stars that sang songs like Shake It Off and Me. So while I want Taylor to win, it doesn't look like it's happening because this seems to be more of a, hey, you know, we're Time Magazine. We're going to give it to someone pretty much in the political field or the tech field or the money field. Or, you know, someone who did good for the country. Although I think Taylor did good for the country, but it's another story. Oh, well. Apparently I can't get my hopes up for this. Damn it. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. The uh, Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. You can check that out. Uh, tomorrow on the weekly podcast, we're going to have Dave Neal on again. Seems like I just had him on two weeks ago, right? It was two months ago, so. (laughs) Uh, but Dave's got a lot going on in his life since we last spoke to him. He's got a baby on the way, and he's moving. Uh, 
um, across the country for the most part. So we're going to talk to him about that. A lot of other topics to talk about. And so listen for that tomorrow on the weekly podcast. But thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.